0: My name is Alex Barthet. I'm a board-certified construction lawyer here in South Florida. Today we're going to talk about uh, what happens after you submit your notice of nonpayment, because the end result for you is you want to get paid. So we're going to talk about what happens uh, after you send your notice of nonpayment and things you can do to increase the likelihood uh, and reduce the time it takes to get paid. So we're going to talk about how the surety-principle relationship works, you need to have an understanding of that to begin with so that you know why the surety acts the way it does. We're going to talk about what happens when the surety gets uh, your claim. So once you submit the notice of nonpayment, what does the surety do? You're going to get this document sometimes uh, called the proof of claim. We're going to talk about what it is, what it is you need to do with it, whether you can ignore it. We'll talk about how long you need to wait to get paid. Sometimes it seems like forever, and we're can talk about we going to talk about different ways to speed that process up, how to file suit to enforce your rights on your bond claim. I'll talk about a few tricks and tips that I see and use on a regular basis. And if you have any questions, we'll go ahead and answer them as well. If you have any questions, use the controls on your GoToWebinar panel submit them and we'll go ahead and at the end we'll answer any questions that are submitted. And if you have any questions after that, you can always send Ariella or me an email and we'll do our best to answer them as well. And always make sure that uh, you remove any names from your questions so we can protect the innocent. So let's get started. What is the principal surety relationship? So You need to understand that the principal, which is the contractor, so if you are a subcontractor, sub-subcontractor or supplier, and you have a contract with a contractor or you have the right to make a bond claim, that person, that that contractor is called the principal in this three-party agreement between the principal, surety, and obligee. So the principal applies for a bond so that they can become bonded as part of the underwriting process, when contractors want to become bonded, the surety, which is effectively an insurance company that is able to write surety bonds in the state that you're in, has the contractor, the principal, sign what's called an indemnity agreement. And an indemnity agreement uh, is an agreement that says, I, the surety, agree, uh, sorry, I, the principal, agree to pay back the surety for any losses that the surety may suffer. So unlike car insurance where if you get in a car accident, all you need to do is pay your premiums and if you total your twenty, thirty thousand dollar car, they'll cut you a check. They're not asking you to come they're not asking you to pay them back for that car. Uh, surety ship is very different. If the surety writes a check, they're going to look to their principal to recover all of the costs and fees associated with the loss. So to do that they get what's called an indemnity agreement and that agreement is typically signed by the contractor that is bonded uh, and many times by the owners of the construction company individually and usually their spouses. So they are on the hook and in many times personally on the hook. Once the surety is satisfied that they have their underwriting taken care of they will go ahead and issue bonds to the projects that the contractor asks them to issue bonds on. The surety owes a duty to both the principal contractor and the obligee claimant, that's you. So they sit in the middle of this relationship where they have to do right by the principal as well as to you, the obligee, and it's that pull and tug that the surety is in the middle of that sometimes creates conflict, uh, and we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about what happens once you submit your claim to the surety. So the first thing that happens is when you're, when the surety receives the notice of nonpayment, they will prepare two letters. The first letter is a letter to the principal contractor asking them about the claim. So they'll take the information that you submitted, they will send it to the contractor, with a letter, and and that letter typically says, we've received this claim from uh, this claimant, please tell us about the claim, um, and whether or not you believe it's due and owing or not. At the same time, the surety sends a letter to you, the obligee claimant, asking for backup. And we're going to talk about the proof of claim, because one of the documents that they're going to send you is the proof of claim form. Once the surety sends these two letters out, they then wait for responses back from both the principal, the contractor, and you, the obligee claimant. So now let's talk about this proof of claim. So most sureties will submit to you a blank form um, with lots of lines on it that they ask you to fill in with pertinent information about your claim. When did you start? When did you finish? Do you owe anybody money uh, on the job? How much are you owed? How much did you bill? Please attach all the backup. And then they ask you to sign and swear under the penalty of perjury that everything that you've submitted is true and accurate. In most states, uh, Florida, uh, which is where I practice, the sureties send these claims. But in Florida, and again in most states, you do not have to respond to that proof of claim. There is no legal obligation to do it. There is a perception that if you don't submit the proof of claim that the surety won't pay you. And we're going to talk about when the surety will and won't pay you. So the question that I get is, what happens if I don't complete it? Uh, again, in Florida, there's no legal obligation to submit the proof of claim. Uh, so there, if you don't submit it, That is not a reason for the surety not to pay you. They will sometimes tell you that's the reason that they won't pay you, but legally that's not a permissible defense in most states. If you complete it and you submit it, then the surety will take that backup and the proof of claim, and they will typically send it back to the principal contractor and say, here's the backup that we received from the claimant. Please tell us your position on the claim. Once you submit the information, let's assume you decide to submit the proof of claim in your backup because you're thinking, well, I have nothing to hide, this is my claim, it's pretty straightforward, I'm gonna go ahead and submit it to the surety. What happens? Well, what we hear from clients that they believe is happening is that the surety is investigating their claim. They have an adjuster, that adjuster who wrote the letter to you is talking to the contractor, talking to the owner, trying to get to the bottom of the situation. Effectively, many clients believe that the surety rep is acting as your advocate with the goal of trying to get you paid. Let's talk about what the surety in many instances, and and not every situation is the same and, and not every surety acts this way, but in many instances what the surety does is not much of anything. They receive your notice of non-payment and backup, they'll submit it to the contractor and in most instances unless the principal, the contractor, is willing to pay the bill the surety is not going to voluntarily write a check. Remember that we talked about this indemnity agreement that the surety has with its contractor. If the surety writes a check, they're going to go back to the principal and say, OK, we wrote a $40,000 check to this claimant. Please pay us back. The surety doesn't want to be out of pocket if they can avoid it. So uh, in many instances, and especially when you have uh, larger and financially sound contractors that are bonded. The surety will do what the contractor principal tells the surety. So in many instances, what we see is that the the primary defense that the contractor has is that the owner hasn't paid them, which here in Florida and in most states, that by itself is not a valid reason for a surety not to pay a claimant. So the fact that the owner hasn't paid the contractor is is not a defense for the surety not to pay a claimant if that is the only defense. Every state's a bit different, but again, in Florida, um, most bonds, most sureties do not have that defense available to them. What happens is that the contractor says to the surety, we're going to go ahead and deal with this. So the surety puts the matter on ice and leaves it to the contractor to try to resolve it. Then the question is, what do you do if you're not getting the response that you need so that you can get paid. So to file suit to enforce your right is effectively the next step if the surety is unwilling to pay you and you don't have another reason why you want to wait. We have found that the most effective time frame to file suit is about 60 days after your notice of non-payment. Now, we have clients, uh, we, have a, we had a client just the other day, we filed a notice of non-payment on their behalf, and then the next day we filed the lawsuit. In, in most instances and in most states, there's no obligation to wait longer than the day after you file your notice of nonpayment. So you don't have to wait a specific period of time. Sometimes it's worthwhile waiting, because maybe uh, you can get paid without having to file suit. But comes 30 to 60 days after you have submitted your notice of nonpayment, and if you haven't been paid then, you should seriously think about filing a lawsuit to enforce your rights. Because what we normally find is that waiting too long is not necessarily going to get you paid. So let's talk about why you may want to wait longer. And those reasons are typically business reasons. You may have a great working relationship with this contractor, the principal on the bond. You may have six jobs going with them. And those jobs may all be bigger than the one that you're owed money. And as long as you don't lose your rights, you may decide for business reasons, you know what, we're just going to keep waiting. So for business reasons, you may decide to wait. Uh, But if you don't have a business reason to wait, then waiting typically won't help you get paid. So let's talk about a few tricks and tips that we see come across our desk. So the first thing you need to know about any type of collection is that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So once you submit your notice of non-payment and you submit the backup, then you should be calling on a regular basis the claims handler at the surety asking about the status of your claim. You should probably do that weekly. And you should send emails. You need to be a pain. The, the more difficult and uh, persistent you are about getting to the bottom of why you haven't been paid, the better off you'll be. So always remember, don't just submit your claim and then do nothing. You need to spend time and effort following, following up with the people that owe you the money. If you decide to wait, you want to make sure that you don't wait too long. I, I will tell you a story about a client who waited too long and, and lost their rights. Those, so. They submitted a, a notice of non-payment. Uh, they received the letters we talked about. And then every month or two, they would follow up with the surety asking about the status. And they would get a generic response that we're still looking into it. The project is going to finish up. The contractor and the owner are trying to close it out. And, and my client decided to keep waiting. In most states, uh, Florida specifically, the limitation period to file suit on a bond claim on a surety bond claim is one year from your last work on the job. So about a year and a month went by, and the client received a letter from the surety that said that the claim has now been denied because it is past the time period for the claimant to file suit on the payment bond. So the client, thinking that the surety was actively investigating its claim, trying to get to the bottom of why it hasn't been paid so that it could be paid, effectively just waited out my client and they lost their rights on the payment bond. So under no circumstances should you wait past the period of time that you have to file suit under the law on your bond claim. Finally, if you are a sub-subcontractor or a material supplier to a subcontractor, don't forget that, especially on larger jobs, that the subcontractor that you that hired you may have their own bond in addition to the contractor's bond. So you want to make sure that you assert the rights that you have against every bond that exists above you in the chain of contracts. So if the general contractor has a payment bond, you want to make a claim on that. You also want to find out if the subcontractor that hired you also has a bond, and you can make a claim against them, against that surety as well. Sometimes the sureties will tell you incorrectly that you have to pick one and go after that one. Nothing could be further from the truth. You, you have every right to pursue both bonds, and then between the two of them, they get to figure out who's going to write the check. So if you have multiple bonds that you can pursue, you want to make sure that you do that timely and effectively.